Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, joining me, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready to do this? Some yeah. worldwide sports talk? Yes, sir. It is that time once again. It is Thursday, so that means it is the time for Worldwide Sports Talk, where we cover sports from around the world, or that has more world popularity. <laughs> right. And we'll try our best. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into some NHL standing, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Starting with the Central Division, the Panthers lead the division. 20, at a 26-10-4 and four record with 56 points. The Hurricanes are 26-9-3 with 55 points. The Lightning are 26-11-2 and 54 points. The Predators are 21-18-1 and one, 43 points. The Blackhawks 18-17-5 with 41 points. The Blue Jackets are 15-18-8 with 38 points. The Stars are 13-14-10 and 36 points. The Red Wings are last in the division at 13-22-6 and 32 points. In the Eastern Division, the Capitals lead that division 25-10-4 with 54 points. Tied with the Islanders, which have the same exact record and the same exact points. The Penguins are 24-13-2 with 50 points. The Bruins are 20-10-6 with 46 points. The Rangers are 18-15-5 with 41 points. The same exact record as the Flyers, so therefore I don't need to repeat that. The Devils are 13, 18, and 6 with 32 points. And the Sabres have yet to hit double-digit wins, are 9, 23, and 6 with 24 points. In the North Division, up there in the cold Canadian wilderness, the Maple Leafs of Toronto are 27, 10, and 3 with 57 points. The Oilers are 24, 14, and 2 with 50 points. The Winnipeg Jets are 23, 13, and 3 with 49 points. Montreal Canadiens are 17, 10, and 9 with 43 points. The Vancouver Canucks are 16, 18, and 3 and 35 points. 
The Calgary Flames are 16-21-3 and 35 points. Surprisingly, the same amount of points despite the more losses for the Flames. It's astonishing, really. And the Senators of Ottawa. Uh, yeah, Ottawa. <laughs> Almost forgot where they were. Eh. Are 13 20, Yeah, right? 13-23-4 with 30 points. And in the West Division, the Avalanche are 26-9-4 with 56 points. The Golden Knights are 25-11-2 with 52 points. The Wild of Minnesota are 24-14-2 with 50 points. The Coyotes are 19-16-5-43 points. The Blues, because we're singing the Blues, oh yeah. 17-16-6-40 points. The Sharks are 17-17-4 with 38 points. The LA Kings are 15-17-6-36 points. And my lonely little ducks of Anaheim are 12, 21, 7 with 31 points. Oi, brother, oi. Hey, man, still better than the Sabres who have yet to win double-digit games. So, you know what? I'm okay with that. (laughs) We're not that terrible. Right. We'll discuss that, of course, a little bit more uh, in depth later. Starting now with some soccer tables. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. The English Premier League is as followed, leading that... Right now is Manchester City, 23-5-3 and and 74 points. Manchester United is right behind them at 17-9-4 and 60 points. Uh, Leicester City is 17-5-8 with 56 points. West Hampton United is 15-7-8 and and 52 points. Chelsea is rounding out the top five, 14-9-7 and 51 points. In La Liga, Atletico Madrid is 26-3 and 66 points. Barcelona is 25-4 and 65 points. Real Madrid, 19-6-4 and 63 points. Sevilla is 18-4 and 7 and 58 points. And Real Sociedad is 12-10 and 7 with 46 points. Bundesliga, the German league. Yes. <laughs> Three and sixty-four. I know you're about to say something about my heritage. I'm, that's why I kept going. RB Leipzig <laughs> is seventeen six and four and fifty-seven points. VfL Wolfsburg is fifteen nine and three and fifty-four points. Eintracht Frankfurt is thirteen eleven three and fifty points. And Borussia Dortmund is thirteen four ten and forty-three. Go ahead, say something. I know you want to. Nothing. I just think it's funny. Okay. You like really trying. Get that accent going. I try. I really try. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the Italian Tears League. Here we go, okay? <laughs> International is 22-5-2, 71 points. AC Milan, 18-6-5-60 points. Juventus, 17-8-4, yes, 59 <laughs> points. Atalanta is 17-7-5-58 points, and I lost my Italian accent out of nowhere. Napoli is 18-2-9-56 points. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop now. I'm just, <laughs> I went ahead and just went way off my Italian accent and just... I don't even know what I was going with anymore. <laughs> In the French League, uh, one, Lille, uh, Lille is 19-9-3-66 points. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, or Paris Saint-Germain. Okay, I'm going to stop. I swear, I promise, no more. 23-8-63 points. AS Monaco is 19-5-7 and seven with 62 points. Lyon is 17-10-4 and 61 points. And Lens is 13-10-8 and 49 points. And then in Liga Mexico, because that's how you actually pronounce it. It's not Mexico like us white people do. It's Mexico. So I'm going to honor Mexico with the proper pronunciation of Mexico. So there you go, Mexico. 
<laughs> and they're probably going, oh my god, this gringo is going to make us want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Cruz Azul is 11-0-2 with 33 points. America is 10-1-2 with 31 points. Monterey is 6-4-2 with 22 points, as well as Santos, so I'm not repeating that. Well, actually, no, they have three losses, not the two losses that Monterey has, but still managed to have 22 points. I'm never going to understand soccer points, I swear. And Atlas is 6-3-4 in 21 points. Now, are you all ready? Because now it is time for the UEFA Europa Tournament. That's right. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 12 groups in the Europa Tournament. Are you ready, sir? Dude, let's do it. I'm going to have to blitzkrieg this shit. Yes, <laughs> you are. In Group A, AS Roma is 4-1-1 one, and one, and 13 points. Young Boys is 3-1-2 and two, and 10 points. Uh, crap. CFR Cluj-Napoca is 1-2-3-5 and five points. It would have mm-hmm. been funny if it was 4 points, honestly. That is also the same record and same points of CSK Sofia. Uh, if I remember correctly, the CSKA is part of the Russian Soccer League. So, just if anybody didn't know. Arsenal is 6-0-0 and 13 points. Undefeated is Arsenal. That's amazing right now. Uh, Mold, uh, probably Molde, I'm guessing. So, if it's wrong either way, I'm sorry. 3-1-2-10. Rapid Vienna is 2-1-3-5. And And Dundalk is (laughs) winless at 0-0-6-5 points. I'm I'm sorry. How do you have five points for not winning a damn game or drawing you didn't win one or you drew one maybe they felt bad for well them. i mean look we're we're gonna get down here that was supposed to say oh oh and six down here for ka jump but i messed up there but they <laughs> but look over here in group j there's no points because rasgrad freaking didn't win a game all right or drew all right Back to this whole group of crap because I got to go through all this. Okay, Bear Lever- Leverkusen is 5 0 and 1, 15 points. Slavia Prague 4 0 and 2 and 12 points. Hapul Bier is 2 0 4 and 6. I got a good one. Nice is 1 0 5 and 3. And literally, that's the name of the soccer club. I have no nice. idea. The nice soccer club. And I got another easy one. The Rangers are 4 2 0 and 14. <laughs> Benfica is 3-3-0-12. Standard League? I'm not even sure what that is, but I'll take it. Because I can at least somewhat come close. Is 1-1-4-4. That's one win, one draw, four losses, and four <laughs> points. Sorry. Uh, Lech Poznan is 1-0-5-3 points. In Group E, PSV Eindhoven, I hope, is 4-0-2-12 points. <laughs> <laughs> You sound so unsure of yourself. I know. <laughs> That's great. Granada is 3-2-1 and 11 points. Oh, I love that. 3-2-1-11. That almost sounds like Bono who can't freaking do Spanish counting. Ah! Shout out to Bono. <laughs> uh, Salonica is 1-3-2 and 6 points. Omania Nicosia is 1-1-4 and 4 points. Napoli is 3-2-1 and 11 points. Thank God, Napoli. I can pronounce that. Real Sociedad is 2-3-1 and 9 points. AZ Alkmaar is 2-2-2 and 8 points. <laughs> that was an easy read-off. 
Uh, and then I spoke too soon. Rajika is 1-1-4 one, one, four, and 4 points. Like, uh, Leicester City is 4-1-1 one, one, and 13 points. Same with Braga. Uh, FC Zoria Lu, uh, Luhansk is 2-0-4 and 6 points. Uh, AEK Athens, obviously from Greece, is 105 and 3 points. AC Milan is 411 and 13 points. Uh, Lille is 32111. <laughs> I love that. Sparta Prague is 204 and 6. Celtic, probably from Ireland, good chance, is 114 and 4 points. Uh, Villarreal is 510 and 16 points. I already know, I only knew Villarreal is because. I've heard it before, honestly. I'm and if you lie. don't know, we're in group I right now. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm trying to go as fast He's rattling them off, guys. Okay, Maccabee Tel Aviv, 3-2-1 and 11 points. Uh, Sivaspor is 2-0-4 and 6 points. FK Karabag is 0-1-5 and 1. <laughs> group J. Tottenham Hotspur is 4-1-1, 13 points. Antwerp is 4-0-2, 12 points. Lask Linz is 3 1 2, 10 points. And Ludo, Ludo, Ludo Guretz Razgrad is 0 0 6 and 0 points. Group K. Uh, Dynamo Zagreb is 4 2 0, 14 points. Wolfsburger is 3 1 2 and 10 points. Feyenoord Rotterdam is 1 2 3, 5 points. God, why couldn't it just been 4 points? Just give it to me. CSKA Moscow, also, obviously. That's how I figured out that, that the other CSK Sofia was in Russia because, you know, CSK Moscow <laughs> is 0 3 3 in three points. I'm sorry for your team hasn't won a damn game yet. Why is it Mati? Well, you're Russian. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Do you, you're going to back Sofia because they have won a game? There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go Sofia! <laughs> Sofia! Oh, man. Okay, Group L, the final group. We made it all the way to the end. Here we go. TSG Hoffenheim is 5-1-0 and 16 points. Red Star Belgrade is 3-2-1 and 11 points. Uh, Liberec is 2-1-3, 7 points. And KAA Gent is 0-0-6 and 0 points. Oh, I made it. <laughs> I'm still alive. Barely. Are you ready for the golf world rankings? Let's do it. All right. Starting with the women's side, because last week we started with the men's side, so we're flipping it back to the women. First off, ranked number one in the world, Jin Yong-ko of Korea. Number two in the world, NB Park, also Korea. (coughs) Excuse me. Ranked third in the world, Si Young Kim, Korea. Number four, Nelly Korda, USA. Number five, Danielle Kang, USA. Number six, Lexi Thompson, USA. Number seven, Brooke M. Henderson, Canada. Uh, number eight, Hyojo Kim, Korea. Number nine, Minji Lee, Australia. And number ten, Nasa Hatakoka, Japan. <clears throat> to the men's side where we got a lot of U.S. guys so I can actually pronounce their names. Just saying. Well, except for Shafele. Because, you know, Shafele has to have a weird last name. Sorry, Shafele. All right, number one in the world right now, Dustin Johnson, USA. Number two, Justin Thomas. Almost combined Dustin and Johnson. Uh, Justin and Dustin for the Johnson. 
of USA. Proud new father John Ram of Spain is number three. Colin Morikawa is number four, the United States. Number five, Bryson DeChambeau, USA. The powerful Bryson DeChambeau. How do you feel more? Middle, middle linebacker Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yeah. Happy Gilmore on steroids. All right. <laughs> Definitely no Shooter McGavin, I can tell you that right now. Ah! <laughs> number six, Xander Shafele, USA. Number seven, Patrick Reed, USA. Number eight, Tyrell Hatton of England. Number nine, Webb Simpson, USA. And number ten, Patrick Cantley of the United States. Never want to do this again, but <laughs> tune in to next week when we do it again, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you hate me tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I can't do these three to elevens anymore, bro. I need to stop. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> Work needs to help me out. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Oh yeah, I forgot we have an MMA thing we got to talk about too. <laughs> And I just announced that right in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. Nice. Good job, bro. Right? All right. Here we go. So, <laughs> it is that time of year. An event unlike any other, the Masters. The Masters this year is at the right time of year. Last year's, of course, was postponed due to the pandemic to November. But this year signals another step towards normalcy with the Masters tournament beginning around its usual start time. This is truly the first time I've ever been excited, actually, about a golfing event. As stated... Because of the feeling of normalcy uh, that it produces. It is normalcy, man. We need this. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Masters tournament coming at its normal start time of the year? It means things are starting to finally settle down just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of crazy because uh, you know, I haven't been to a real big city in a while. And uh, yesterday I went to Jacksonville and... Everyone is wearing is wearing masks, and I'm I'm like serious. Like everyone at the mall was wearing masks. I'm like, dude. I was like, I wore mine, and Tara, you know, my fiance wore hers. But mm-hmm. it's like, dude. Like, I guess it's because we're from a smaller town, so we don't really think about it too much. But mm-hmm. they really take it serious in big cities, man. Yes, they do. So to see something like this happening, where, where you know, like. The Masters are finally starting to kick off around the same time they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, it means we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Of course, we got this sense enormously last week when the opening weekend of baseball started yeah, about its round time. So it's just like I said, the fact that it just another step towards the feeling of normalcy is so relieving. And I'm sure... You all have, whether you're sports fans like us, or even if you're kind of just listening because we're funny, or you think we're funny, because we're not really that funny, I'm just terrible. I'm a terrible human being, <laughs> and I have a podcast, so here we go. <laughs> terrible human being, what do you mean by that? You just saw what I just tried to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of comical, yeah. But I don't think you're a terrible human being. Uh, we'll see how many countries I just <laughs> off. <laughs> Let's find out for sure. How about that? International incident caused by big man. Way to go, big man. <laughs> and, that's when they'll, and that's when the court was all right. So this is where we found out you were actually really a terrible human being. I said, yeah, that's basically what happened. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things, though, regarding the Masters. First off, John Rahm's wife did give birth this past weekend, so the proud new papa can compete and win this tournament. 
Cooper, your thoughts on John Ram actually getting to compete for this tournament? Uh, I think that's that, that's awesome. Uh, congrats to him and his wife and his family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always it's always a big thing when you have a kid when you have a kid. So oh, I mean, yes, that's that's awesome. Um, and the fact that he actually gets to play in the Masters and gets dedicated to his kid right. and his wife and his family, that's that's pretty awesome. Yes, sir. I'm really looking forward to this uh, whole tournament just to see what Realm does. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Of course, we're going to talk about now uh, defending champion Dustin Johnson. Though he does not appear to be the favorite to win back-to-back Masters, which is a bit stunning a little bit to me. So, Cooper, your thoughts on D- Dustin Johnson um, not being the favorite to win back-to-back Masters? Well, I mean, I maybe he's not the favorite because, you know, winning back-to-back is hard to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get in your head. And uh, either you don't you don't play as well. Mm-hmm. And every year is different. So, I mean, yeah. the... the conditions the weather all of it man so Mm -hmm. you know i mean even the wind can just just blow you off a little bit i mean honestly so i mean there's there's plenty of factors to this and and there's some good competitors coming out this year so Mm -hmm. we will see what happens with it definitely it's a little bit stunning to me but like you said it's really this is one of the most mentally challenging courses um that the players um, take on every year because even though it the course really rarely changes in its setup it's the factors like you said it's that time of year where yeah. you can almost get any kind of weather we i've seen it literally snow at augusta national in april it's like what this happened yeah it's one of those things where you just can't prepare for what you may face weather-wise the weather and then the you know the the mental game of it mm-hmm. all, especially when you know you're going to the Masters, and think about it from his perspective, he's already won it, mm-hmm. and now the pressure's already on. So the right. pressure's on to either do as well as he did, if not better, because right. if he does worse or whatever, that could tarnish maybe what he did last year. Right. So. All right. So third, uh, Bryson DeChambeau still plans to power his way to victory this weekend. <laughs> DeChambeau tried the strategy last year, was not able to succeed. Therefore, it'll be interesting to see if it works out better for him this time around. The only reason why I bring that up, because we are talking about, again, different conditions. We played at Augusta, well, not we personally, but they played at Augusta in November. So, weather-wise, it's going to be somewhat used to being what the typical weather you would be expecting at Augusta. Um... You know, like we said, it could still snow for all we know. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly. So, you never but know, it, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, DeChambeau try to power his way to a, a victory this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be really cool to see, but at the same time, golf is a mental game. And it's a very, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like playing chess, dude. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, so, really, you have to be careful with what you do. And, I mean, I know the guy's unprecedented. He's done so many crazy freaking things. How many How many behind was he? Was it, like, how many strokes 
ahead of it was he or whatever it was. It's like 18 or something in one, one course or something like that. Oh, we were talking about Justin Johnson dominating last year's Masters because he won with a course record of minus 20. Oh, oh, that was that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, DeChambeau, though, I mean, he's he's powerful, so we'll see what happens with it, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it really is a head game. So. It's not only that; it's also it's a delicate um, course. Basically, what we mean by that is, um, and a lot you can find this anybody who's more into golf than we are will tell you. Augusta National is a course where you have to have your putter on game. Your A game on putting needs to be ready, because if you are off just enough, you could turn. A possible birdie into a, a three to four over par on that on any of these holes in no time, and it get and then that's when the mentality and the psychological aspect really starts sinking into your head. So you got to so not so some people are like the power is really what he should be focusing on. He should really be focusing on getting to the green. And focusing on his putting. Yeah, the power is good, but also, like you said, finesse. Yep. With putting, you have to have that finesse. If you don't have that, you're kind of screwed. Absolutely. All right, and finally, I'm personally holding out hope, though, that the competitors will again pay their respects to Tiger Woods on Sunday with his infamous red polo and black pants attire, uh, since he will, of course, not be at Augusta National this weekend. So, Cooper, any thoughts on that yourself? Uh, that would be cool if they did that for him. But even if they didn't, you know, it is what it is. Um, it really sucks that Tiger's not going to be able to be there for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe not ever again. So, yeah, it would be really cool to see them at least do something maybe in his honor. Yeah. Maybe a tribute before the show or something. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. All right. So we're gonna move off the golf course and hit the uh, hit the uh, ice rink real quick. The Buffalo Sabers remain the only team to, yet to win at least ten games this season, as they currently sit at nine wins. Being this late in the season is quite concerning for not only the fans and the organization itself, but also the league. Tom Pagula and his family own the team, and they also own the Buffalo Bills. This, of course, is allowed in the NFL because both teams are in the same market. However, it seems Pagula has put, been putting more effort into his football team over the hockey team. It'll be interesting to see if the league start the NHL um, league starts looking uh, to give him some pressure to shift his focus to the hockey side um, of his ownership, since the football team currently seems to be in good hands with their front office. Cooper, your thoughts on the Sabers and their lack of wins? Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, maybe that's what's going on. Is he's focused more on the football team, mm-hmm. um, owning two. Diff, completely different sports franchises is is it's kind of crazy. It um, is. So for, we'll see what happens with it. Um, I I don't know what they're gonna do with this, but uh, I I honestly think if his heart is not into it, <clears throat> so All right. So yes, sir. All right. Now we're gonna take it inside the octagon. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Ex-UFC champ Demetrius Johnson fought on uh, Adriano Moraes in, in in the MMA Asian-based promotion one championship in a championship bout. The match made it into the second round where Johnson would suffer a TKO at the knee of Moraes. 
Moraes took Johnson to the ground, and as Johnson was blocking, leveraging against Moraes to get up, took a knee to the chin for Moraes, which clearly was a knockout blow as his head snapped back and planted him on his back on the canvas. Moraes would quickly mount a couple of ground strikes, but it was clear that Johnson was out and unable to protect himself, and the referee moved quickly to separate Moraes from Johnson. Cooper, I saw this highlight. The dude literally take, takes it on the chin, and you can just, you almost see the eyes roll in the back of his head. He was done. You see the lights go out? Yeah, you, you see the you see the little man upstairs go, and power out. <laughs> man, dude. And see, that's the thing that sucks, is, you know, like, I like, you know, fighting and all that. I like more or less, I like boxing more than I yeah, like getting combat sports, uh, yeah. Because, you know, UFC, that's how it goes. I mean, you could you could pay, what, $70 for a pay-per-view? And, mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you get tons of fights, but usually you're only watching it for a couple. And if those couple fights that you're, you're wanting to see, you never know. It could last 30 seconds, could last, you know. Could last all five thing, rounds, yeah. You never know with it. And or that's, three rounds. That's where it's like, to me, it's like, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. But it's, mm-hmm. to me, I'm not, I don't know, I'm really not really into UFC too much. Yeah, um, I'm not either. Probably because we like the chess game and it's hard to really knock out your opponent with one strike in boxing. Yeah. You, unless, of course, you're Mike unless Tyson. Mike Tyson. We or... understand Mike Tyson did it a lot. Okay, we, yeah. we're not going to sit here and do say that Tyson wasn't that great. Tyson was great. Okay, we're not going to say that. But you have so many more options of beating down your opponent <laughs> in, in MMA that it's easier to knock someone the heck out with a knee strike to the fa- to the face or chin like Johnson took. Uh, a kick. Um, you know, you can't su- just Superman punch somebody out of nowhere and yeah, in boxing, that's just not, you're just leaving yourself open, right. and, and so it's. I think we prefer the, not only the physicality of boxing, but the mental game. That I mean, I understand MMA is also. I know mental. I keep referring back to the to chess, mm-hmm. but really, it is it's a it's a mind game yeah. too. I mean, so, but sometimes when you see you uh, MMA style fighting, it, it yes, you have that uh, mental aspect of the of the bout, but sometimes. You can just throw it out out the window if you just are a powerhouse, and you can just take it to your opponent quickly. Yeah, and I think a lot of the problem is too is sometimes these guys they'll get in the octagon and they'll be like, oh, you know, like the promos and stuff they cut before the frick, before they go in there and fight. They'll sit there and say stuff like, oh, yo, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and then the other guy already knows his game plan, so he goes in there and just beats him. All right. So it's like. You know, the one thing I love, well, I can't really say that because boxing is kind of the same way. But the difference is, is when Muhammad Ali or somebody like that would say something, mm-hmm. he'd go in there and actually do exactly what he said he was going to do and get away with it. Yeah. A lot of these guys get in that octagon, they get beat, like, beat down, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, like watching CM Punk go to the octagon, that was, ooh, that was terrible. Right. So... All right, and finally, we're going to move over to the tennis court. One of the Grand Slam tournaments, the French Open, will be postponed by a week due to the pandemic. Uh, This means the tournament will now start May 30th rather than May 23rd. 
Last year, the uh, tournament was delayed by four months due to the pandemic. Even with the delay this year, the tournament will finish uh, June 13th, as long as everything goes as according to plan, of course, um, which is two weeks prior to the expected start date of Wimbledon. The, uh, French ten, uh, the French Tennis Federation also said that there will be limited crowds allowed, so the players will actually have some fans to play in front of at the French Open. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the postponement and also the limited fans at the French Open, one of the Grand Slams of tennis. It's like we always say, man. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this pandemic, you kind of got to play it by ear and do what you got to do and and, uh, you know, I mean, you got to follow guidelines and everything else, protocols. Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is, man. And uh, hopefully it doesn't get delayed too long. And uh, hopefully they can finish it a decent time. Yeah, um, I, was, I still wouldn't be surprised even with the uh, week delay, even though they'll still be done two weeks prior to Wimbledon. That's a lot to ask yourself to get r- right back into shape on a different court, too. Yeah. In the French Open, it's a clay court. Well, when you go to Wimbledon, you're back on grass. So you're two different surfaces. I would think Wimbledon will probably be thinking about going ahead and, uh, not banny, postponing themselves a week as well because then the players then can finish up with the French Open, have a week off completely to re, um, re, uh, you know, Recharge, recharge, and all that, yeah. and then that way they can start setting up a two-week schedule of getting used to being back on grass. Um, least, at least though, we're what? That's almost still almost two months. I mean, you know, I know it's April now, but basically the end of May now. Uh, so you're just under two months. So that's all. That's enough notice for the players though. They go, hey, we we got an extra week. To prepare for the French Open, so I can now either partake in a tournament that I may not have thought about partaking in prior to get a warm up. You know, I got more clay time if I need it, if I feel like I need to be on the clay a little bit longer. So it actually, I think it actually ends up benefiting both the men's and women's because you know they run their tournament simultaneously over the same um, period of time uh, at the uh, all their tennis events usually, uh, especially when it comes to the Grand Slams. So. I think that actually ends up being a more benefit to the players themselves anyways. So now they're like, okay, now I actually have another week that I could be on clay if I need, if I feel I need it. So, um, and with this much time and notice in advance, so it's not short notice. They're not being like, Oh, we're about to leave for the, uh, for France. And then, Oh, we're now we're delayed a week. No, you've got plenty of time to make your changes that you need to make. So, which is great. Definitely, man. All right. I can't believe that went 30 minutes. It didn't seem like it should have lasted that long. <laughs> I, it's been a long week. All right, so we are, of course, off this weekend for Wrestling Talk. Uh, as you all know, we've been talking about it. And if you don't know, where have you been? Because it's obviously WrestleMania, baby. Yes, the two-night event is upon us. So close, we can feel it. That are already been having so much fun down here in Tampa, Florida. Well, we're not in Flor- Tampa, Florida, but you know we're close enough. We can call it here in Tampa, Florida, sort of. Yeah, close enough. Close, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> close enough. Technically, we're closer to there than we are Atlanta. So true. There you go. 
All right. <laughs> Just because we're closer to Jacksonville than we are. <laughs> Doesn't matter. All right. So, now you threw me off because you're crap. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So, um, we're off this Saturday for Wrestling Talk. We'll be back, of course, for Wrestling Talk next Saturday when we discuss WrestleMania, obviously. Basketball Talk, like we announced, is going to be pushed back a day due to the pay-per-view. So we're going to push that back. So Baseball Basketball Talk is going to be back to Monday. And we'll be back on regular schedule Tuesday with Football NASCAR Talk. NASCAR is racing at Martinsville this weekend. So in between the Saturday night uh, part of WrestleMania, check out the races at Martinsville. Come on, it's going to be a fun weekend. Martinsville's always a fun race for me. I've always enjoyed Martinsville. Not as much as the other um, races like at Talladega, Daytona, and stuff like that. But still, I like Martinsville. It's fun to me. I uh, And then, of course, <laughs> next Thursday, tune in for more of this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't uh, I really don't know. Big man really needs some sleep, guys. Like, for real. Yeah, he does. Um, so, you got anything else to add before we go? Nah, man. I'm good to go. Me too. Good night, everybody. Peace. No, I'm kidding. Uh, So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep keep on on talking sports.